This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. This week, we're taking a look at creativity. We got it started Monday with creative permission. Yesterday, we learned four lessons. Today, we're looking at habits of originality. On Monday, we explored the idea that mindless habit or habitual action can create stagnancy that kills creativity. Today, we're going to explore how habit, and exactly which habits, can spark creativity. In his collaboration with TED, organizational psychologist Adam Grant explores the surprising habits of original thinkers. Grant begins by sharing a story. A student came to him and asked that he invest in his company. He said, I'm working with three friends, and we're going to try to disrupt an industry by selling stuff online. Grant said, okay, you guys spent the whole summer on this, right? No, we all took internships just in case it doesn't work out. All right, but you're going to go in full time once you graduate. No, not exactly. We've all lined up backup jobs. So six months went by. It's the day before the company launches, and there's still not a functioning website. Grant says, you guys realize the entire company is a website. That's literally all it is. So he obviously declined to invest. The students ended up naming the company Warby Parker. They sell glasses online. They were recently recognized as the world's most innovative company and valued at over a billion dollars. And now Grant's wife handles their investments. Grant used this opportunity to explore why he was so wrong in his assessment. Grant shares that the first reason he passed on Warby Parker was they were really slow getting off the ground. Everyone is intimately familiar with the mind of a procrastinator. Grant confesses he's the opposite. He's a procrastinator. That panic one might experience a few hours before a big deadline when they haven't done anything yet, he experiences that a few months ahead of time. It's a trait he's always been proud of until another student of his, Jiha, claimed to have her most creative ideas when procrastinating. And she said this having already missed the deadline on four papers that semester. Grant admits Jiha was one of his most creative students. And as an organizational psychologist, this is kind of the idea that he likes to test. So he challenged her to get some data. She went into a bunch of companies. She asked people to fill out surveys about how often they procrastinate. Then she got their bosses to rate how creative and innovative they were. Sure enough, the procrastinators like Grant, who rush in and do everything early, are rated less creative than people who procrastinate moderately. You actually do see that people who wait until the last minute are so busy goofing off that they don't have any new ideas. And on the flip side, the people who race in are in such a frenzy of anxiety that they don't have original thoughts either. There's a sweet spot where original thinkers seem to live. It turns out that procrastination gives original thinkers time to consider divergent ideas, to think in nonlinear ways, to make unexpected leaps. Grant shares that these findings became part of a book he was writing on original thinkers. 
and it led to a self-experiment on the concept where he forced himself to procrastinate. He started writing the procrastination chapter and one day, when he was halfway through, he literally put it away in mid-sentence for months. It was agony for this procrastinating mind, but when he came back to it, he had all sorts of new ideas. As Aaron Sorkin put it, you call it procrastinating, I call it thinking. Grant explains procrastinating is a vice when it comes to productivity, but it can be a virtue for creativity. What you see with a lot of great originals is that they're quick to start, but they're slow to finish. And this is what Grant had missed with Warby Parker. When they were dragging their heels for six months, Grant looked at them and said, you know, a lot of other companies are starting to sell glasses online. They missed the first mover advantage. But what Grant didn't realize was they were spending all that time trying to figure out how to get people to be comfortable ordering glasses online. And it turns out the first mover advantage is mostly a myth. He refers to a classic study of over 50 product categories to prove this thought. The study compares the first movers who created the market with the improvers who introduced something different and better. What you see is that the first movers had a failure rate of 47%, compared with only 8% for the improvers. Look at Facebook waiting to build a social network until after MySpace and Friendster. Look at Google waiting for years after AltaVista and Yahoo. It's much easier to improve on somebody else's idea than it is to create something new from scratch. So the lesson Grant learned is that to be original, you don't have to be the first. You just have to be different and better. Grant shares that the other reason he passed on Warby Parker is that they were full of doubts. They had backup plans lined up, and that made him doubt that they had the courage to be original. On the surface, a lot of original people look confident, but behind the scenes, they feel the same fear and doubt that the rest of us do. They just manage it differently. In his research, Grant has discovered that there are two different kinds of doubt. There's self-doubt and idea doubt. Self-doubt is paralyzing. It leads you to freeze. But idea doubt is energizing. It motivates us to test, to experiment, and to refine. And so the key to being original is just a simple thing of avoiding the leap from step three to step four. Instead of saying, I'm crap, you say the first few drafts are always crap and I'm just not there yet. So how do you get there? It's about being the kind of person who takes the initiative to doubt the default and look for a better option. And if we do that well, we open ourselves up to the opposite of deja vu. There's a name for it, it's called vujade. Vujade is when you look at something you've seen many times before and all of the sudden you see it with fresh eyes in an entirely different way. Grant moves onto the topic of fear. Originals feel fear too. They're afraid of failing, but what sets them apart from the rest of us is that they're even more afraid of failing to try. They know they can fail by starting a business that goes bankrupt or by failing to start a business at all. They know that in the long run, our biggest regrets are not our actions, but our inactions. The things we wish we could redo, if you look at the science, are the chances not taken. Grant finishes by saying, if you look across fields, the greatest originals are the ones who fail the most, because they're the ones who try the most. Take classical composers, the best of the best. Why do some of them get more pages in encyclopedias than others, and also have their compositions re-recorded multiple times? One of the best predictors is the sheer volume of compositions that they generate. The more output you churn out, the more variety you get and the better your chances 
of stumbling on something truly original. Even the three icons of classical music, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, had to generate hundreds and hundreds of compositions to come up with a much smaller number of masterpieces. If we want to be more original, we have to generate more ideas. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings. You can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day four of our week on creativity. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.